0: Wow, let's see if we can get some lights on back there. Richard's got to employ some help. Here we go. um, I wanted that video to make us think. Because how many of you know we make choices all day long? We make choices with everything, the people that we meet, the things that we say. We make those choices all day long. And as we're learning and understanding about the choices that we make and how God wants us to make choices, it comes to a time sometimes where it's it's difficult for us. He's going to go ahead and give you a handout that I want you guys to be able to look at today. But I really felt like as we are looking at choices, there's some things in the Word of God that I really felt like that I wanted to be able to share with you today. But first of all, the Spirit of God, and when I woke up this morning, was really confirming some things in my heart last night. That I'm just going to put a few scriptures up, and I don't know who these are for, but these are for somebody here today, or somebody that's joining us online, or both. So I'm going to give you a few scriptures real quick, and then I want to go to your handout. We're going to we're going to look at John chapter. Uh, we're going to probably start out at John chapter two, but first of all, these let me give you these few first few scriptures. Habakkuk 2:2 says, then the Lord answered me and he said, record the vision, inscribe it on tablets, see, and you didn't think God was digital. <laughs> see, you guys are looking at a tablet and God's already used tablets, hadn't he? Yeah. That's a new thing, uh, not a new thing for him. Record the vision and inscribe it on tablets that may, one who reads it may run. Jeremiah 29:11 it says this. For our plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. Isaiah 54, 2 in the Message Bible. It says, clear lots of ground for your tents. Make your tents large, spread out, thinking big. And, and, and when I look at the scripture, when I really felt like the Lord was imputing in, my, in me today, in my mind was, was to begin to start expanding our thinking uh, that God can and that God will. Oh, are you hearing me this morning? I need you to be able to, to hear me this morning. I need you to be able to, to put on that, that, that sp- those spiritual ears and eyes, not only to see, but to be able to hear. A couple of scriptures that remind me is Isaiah 55, 9. He says, for as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. Proverbs 23, 7 says, as a man thinks within himself, so is he. So how are we supposed to think about some things today? How are we supposed to think about some things within our lives when we've got pressure coming from this area or pressure coming from that area or situations in our lives that, 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 that are difficult or we're walking through some places or we turn on the TV and we certain, see certain things going on or we turn on the TV and we say, okay, what is all going on with this situation and how things are difficult with that situation? or where where you're on TikTok and all you're having is what they begin to tell you what to believe and how to feel or 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 you're on on Twitter and you're hearing some things that are coming down the Twitter line and this is popular and that's popular how many of you know Jesus is not popular So how many of you know because he's not popular that you're sitting in here he's essential He's the Lord of Lord and King of Kings, but you're not going to go into a group of people and start talking about Jesus and think you're going to gain popularity. How many of you know the only thing that matters is our relationship with Christ? Oh, come on. Can I get a better amen than that? It's our relationship with Christ. And, and how do we think about ourselves in the new coming, the, the new coming era that we're, we're talking about, the new things that are coming? How, how about with our belief with God? Because if sh- we heard today that he's shaking some things. And if things are being shaken, then we've got to begin to start seeing what's being shaken. But we've got to start thinking about our choices that we make. And with those choices that we make, do they line up with the word of God or do they line up with the world? Oh, come on. This may not be an easy message today. But I'm telling you, even as we begin to start, we're on the tarmac right now. And, and we're going to begin to start taking off in a few minutes. And we're going to try to reach a certain altitude. And how many of you know, anybody been on a plane? Who all has been on a plane? Okay. Most of us been on a plane. That when you get to a certain level, sometimes they'll come on and go... Okay, we're going to leave your belts on right now. And uh, the line sign is going to be, please make sure your seat backs are up. And uh, going to be a little bit different turbulence right now. For the next few minutes, I'll let you know when you can roam about the cabin. So we may get to a place where it gets a little bit rough. Because I want to challenge your thinking today. And when he talks about, uh, as we think about ourselves, so are we. How do you think about yourself? Do you think about yourself if somebody says you can't do this and you can't do nothing? Or do we think about ourselves that God says I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me? I may not I may not gotten to where I want to be yet, but I'm on the way to where God wants me to be. Amen. See, what we want to be able to do is we want to get to a place where you are here, but you know God wants you to be here and you're beginning to move towards that. We want to we be able to encourage you and strengthen you and give you hope. That something good's going to happen today to where you can say, okay, I'm right here. And I may not be to where God wants me totally to be yet, but I'm on my way. And you can begin to look back and hopefully that past is getting farther away from where you are headed towards God's destiny. He says, as he thinks within himself, so is he. Last scripture before I get into my message is 1 Corinthians 9, 24 and 25. Verse 24, it says, do not run in a race that all runners, do you not run in a race with all runners run, but only one gets the prize. Run in such a way to get the prize. Everyone competes in the games, goes into strict training. There is training that has to take place. Did you know the Bible even says that there is training in righteousness? I want to grab one of these for me. There's training in righteousness. In, in in right relationship with God. How many of you know you are sitting into a training center? When you come on Sunday morning, you're getting some training. Oh, come on somebody. If you go out and say, Well, I didn't get nothing out of that, then you weren't listening. and, And when I begin to start thinking about the training centers and that we go through and what it takes place, that there is some things that I've had to overcome. There's some things that I've had to let go. And I'm not telling you as somebody who doesn't know. I'm telling you as somebody that does that has had to walk through some situations, had to go through some stuff that it wasn't easy. But I'm telling you, when I started putting away that old man and started walking into the new man and walking into God's light, things began to shift and change. But I'm here to tell you, they didn't become perfect. Somebody say, but God. So he says, goes into strict training, and they do it to get a crown that will last. But we do it to get a crown that will last forever. That's what we're talking about eternal. Last week we talked about having a, an, an internal investment or investing in the eternal. And today I want to talk a little bit about um, a, a time of acceleration. Everybody say, a time of acceleration. So when we're looking at a time of acceleration, and I've handed you this out, I want to also talk a little bit about what I believe that it's a spirit of acceleration. I believe that we can walk in the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit can begin to accelerate some things. And I'm going to give you some biblical uh, principles here, and this is why, why I wanted to hand out what you guys got handed out. So has everybody got a handout? Anybody not have one? Everybody got one of these? Except for my wife that I took hers. So <laughs> anyway, she, can, she can help with uh, Sophia up there. So it's about, we're going to talk a little bit about acceleration. Acceleration. And what is acceleration? And you got the definition right there in front of you. But it's an act of increasing velocity or progress. An act of increasing velocity or progress. The state of being quickened in motion or action. The state of being quickened in motion or action. How many of you know if you've got a 6,000, uh, uh, square, uh, 6,000 high ad- altitude of a mountain and you put a pebble on it and it can roll straight down, it's going to accelerate to an unbelievable speed and create a force and velocity that you won't be able to stop it. If you were halfway down that mountain after 3,000 feet, that thing would... Well, it'd probably kill you. But it would knock you down. You wouldn't be able to catch it. It wouldn't be like a baseball that a catcher can begin to catch. Acceleration also means accelerated motion in mechanics and physics and that which is continually receives ascensions of velocity. Acceleration. 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 How many things have accelerated? We were having a conversation the other day, and we were talking a little bit about, you know, years ago. How many years ago? I mean, there were years ago we talked about they had outdoor plumbing. Years ago, they they didn't even have a cell phone. They didn't have, but the computers were only for the elite, and they were for the corporations, and they were huge, and they would they wouldn't even fit in the side of this in the size of this this building years ago when they were first being developed, and now you got them. I can carry it around, or you can hand-hold it every day. You can put it in your pocket. You can put it in your shirt pocket. That, that thing will remind you and tell you what you need to do, when you need to do, all this other stuff on that. I mean, tell me, tell me that life hasn't accelerated. How many years ago was it that Henry Ford built an automobile? And haven't we gone a long way? It's amazing how technology has taken off. And you know, they predict in the next 10 years that technology is going is to at least three times be, be more technological the world will be than it is right now today. Everything's headed that way. It's all headed into the computers. It's, it's headed into the technology. And, and I know there are certain things that we've got to be able to do. But man, there's, I'm telling you, technology runs this place. We think we run it. The truth is that technology does. And now we've also found out that when technology runs this place, those that own the technology run it also. So acceleration. Say acceleration. I like that word. I, I even think about that word. And, and I've been so excited. I think I preached last night all night long while I was sleeping. So you guys are going to get a good message this morning. Can I get an Amen. Here's what I do. I do need some help this morning. I do need some help. So when you begin to see something and you hear something, just say, God, I begin to receive that. I begin to operate in that. So I want us to look at John chapter 2. So I figured I'd go ahead and and, and hand this out to you guys because I want you to begin to see acceleration. We're going to look into the Word of God, and I'm believing that you're going to begin to see acceleration. You're going to see some things begin to accelerate. Let's look at the the miracle. How many of you know this was the first miracle that Jesus did? He did 35 miracles that were recorded in the Bible, 35, and this was the first one that he did. Are you listening? Turn to your neighbor and say, get ready. we got to be able to hear what's going on here. So the, the miracle at Canaan and where he turned water into wine. Let me just read through this and then I'll go back and stop. Well, I may just stop along the way. Follow along with me, please. On the third day, there was a wedding in Canaan of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. Anybody know her name? (laughs) Good. (laughs) That's good. I was just checking with you all. They're like, huh? (laughs) So why didn't it mention Mary? Why didn't they just say Mary was there? Because sometimes they would talk about different Marys. And you were identified by the Mary from where you are. Mary from Bethany. Mary Magdalene. Mary, you know what I mean? You were identified by that Mary. So I think they wanted to make sure that we understood that the mother of Jesus was there. And both Jesus and his disciples were invited to the wedding. Now I want to preface this real quick because this account was in John and it wasn't in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. You want to know why? Because Matthew, Mark, and Luke weren't there. This was early in Jesus' ministry. And John was one of the first disciples that he had. So Matthew, Mark, and Luke didn't write about it because John was the one that was there that saw it. They were, yet, they were, by, they were disciples yet to come. Are you with me? Or maybe they were in disciples in training. I'm not sure. But he goes on in verse 3. He said, so, When the wine ran out, the mother of Jesus said to him, they have no wine. And Jesus said to her, what business do you have with me, woman? Now, I want to stop right there because the, the, the Western culture, the men are like, woman. <laughs> well, what, what business you got with me, woman? I don't have no time for this, woman. And that wasn't the way it was, okay? I want you to understand that because the term woman was polite. It was an expression of kindness. It was an expression of compassion. When he talked about woman, it wasn't like, woman, get me something to drink. You know what I mean? It was like, I'm not doing that. It was a kindness and it was compassion because he used it more than just this time. I don't know if you realize, but he actually, the the Syrophoenician woman in Matthew 15, 18, he used the same term woman because it was kindness. It was politeness. It was was courtesy. It wasn't a, a derogatory term. Are you with me? So women, you ought to like that. Can I get an amen from the women that you will be able to like that? Not only that, but the Samaritan woman, he used that terminology with. Also, he also did with his mother when Jesus was on the cross, and he was like, "Woman, there's your son. Son, that's your mama. You know what I mean?" And he was talking, he was be talking to John, and also used that term for Mary Magdalene. So we begin to see that five different times that term was used, and it wasn't a derogatory term. It was a good term. Let me go on. So he went on and he says, uh, the mother said to his servants, oh, he says, my hour is not yet come. His mother said to the servants, whatever he tells you, do it. Now there were six stone water pots standing in there for the Jewish custom of purification, containing two to three measures each. Jesus said to them, fill the water pots with water. So they filled them up to the brim, and he said to them, Draw some out now and take it to the head waiter. And they took it to him. Now when the head waiter tasted the water, which had become wine. How did that happen? How would that water be able to come wine? Now listen, it doesn't say he took grapes and made wine out of it. It says he took water and made wine out of it. Somebody say acceleration. So I did a little bit of research for you because when we talk a little bit about wine in the Bible, everybody thinks that it's you know it's you know strong wine that was best brought out. Let me go on. Let me go on. He filled the he said fill the water pots with water. So he filled them up to the brim and he said to them, draw some water out, take it to the head waiter, and they took it to him. And then the head waiter tasted the water which had become wine, and they didn't know where it came from, but the servants who had drawn it out of the water, they knew. They saw Jesus do it. The head waiter called the groom, and he said to him, every man serves the good wine first, and when the guests are drunk, then he serves the poor wine, but you have kept the good wine until now. What he's not saying in the good wine is the good wine was a stronger wine. He wasn't saying that. He wasn't saying, oh, you gave me the weak stuff, and now you give me the good stuff. It's loaded. No, he wasn't saying that. In fact, it's just the opposite. Because in the Palestine at that time, the grapes that, that, were, that, were, that were produced, that were, that were made into wine, there was a whole process that they would go through. So they would go through this process. What he was saying was this, was the juice itself was better quality. It was smoother. It was better. It was richer to taste. So uh, my my granddaughter and I, we were watching a video on Welch's. We were watching Welch's. I mean, so good. It it made me, I went to the store and we bought some Welch's. (laughs) Right? And we had it. It was some good stuff, wasn't it? And it had no alcohol in it. But see, a lot of times we think about it, and we do know that because he said that, you know, the people would get intoxicated, and then they would bring out the different wine. What they were doing with that wine is they, or grape juice is they were watering it down. Are you with me? Somebody say good wine. So the good wine wasn't necessarily good as in stronger in alcohol. It was good in the quality. It was good in the flavor. It was good in the taste. Although I've been intoxicated before. I don't recommend that. I've been intoxicated before. And sometimes things that don't seem so good, seem pretty good to you <laughs> when you're intoxicated. Can anybody testify? <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, man, I, I wouldn't eat that. If I was in the right mind, I wouldn't have ate that hot dog that was green. <laughs> so check this out. I was thinking about the process of wine, and we were, I was studying on that yesterday, and Sophia got in on that with me. So the good wine is not necessarily a stronger wine, because we assume that it was stronger. Here's the process of, of making grape juice or making. First of all, how many of you know the water that Jesus was talking about? Scientifically, people will go, That they can't, that can't happen. It can't happen. He just can't make this. Unless he took the water and poured it into the soil on the actual vine where he put the he started the vine of the grapes. And I was going to get Sophia up here to, to tell me how long it normally takes to do that, but we, he said, here's the process. When you plant the grapes, how many of you know it takes three to five years for it to even produce a grape? Hello? When we plant that, it takes that long to produce a grape. So, Making wine is a long, slow process. It'll take really three years from the initial planting of a new seedling that when you put it in. And how many of you know after you put it in, what do you have to put around the plant seedling itself? Fertilizer or water. Everybody say water. We have water. So we could say there's the water. That first started the grapes or the grape juice. Are you with me? And we go on and we begin to see that, that not only the first harvest, the first harvest will not be for three years. And then if they're making wine with it, the very, the very vintage wine, it's it not bottled for another two years after. So remember, Sophia? It took, it took five years to make the wine. And Jesus turned the water into wine in five minutes. <laughs> Shelly says, it may be more like five seconds, but it might've took him a little while to get the water and the pots. And so five seconds just doesn't fit with my five minutes. You know, it's like five minutes, five seconds. But what I'm saying is there is an acceleration process. Are you seeing it? Do you see it? There's an acceleration process that takes place. Because the thing that I was thinking about during this acceleration process, as it takes place, sometimes we want something to take place in our lives and everybody to see it, but how many of you know? Not everybody saw this miracle, but those that were there saw it. The waiters that saw it, everybody else in the in the wedding party didn't see that. Are you with me? So let's say acceleration. Say acceleration. So he goes on and he says, and the guests were drunk, and then he served the poor wine, but you have kept the good wine until now. This beginning his signs Jesus did in Canaan of Galilee and revealed his glories, glory and the disciples believed in him. How many of you are willing to believe God even if you don't see a miracle in your life? How many of you willing to believe God if you don't see him moving right this very moment, in this second? We've got to believe God by faith. Everybody say faith. So we're looking at this, and I'm thinking, man, what, what about that acceleration? I mean, come on, Jesus accelerated that. And scientifically, I mean, the scientists, it blows their mind. That's why they try to discount the Bible, because they can't explain how he made, how he made water into wine in five seconds or five minutes, and it should have took five years. Amen? Amen. So when he began to start looking at that, I began to start looking at this acceleration that was taking place. And I was like, man, there's just some things that are taking place. I mean, this process of growing it, the process of picking the grapes, the process of crushing the grapes... The process of fermenting the grapes into wine and and aging the wine and then coming back and and bottling the wine itself, there's a long process there. But when Jesus gets involved, or are you hearing me today? When Jesus gets involved, there can be an acceleration that takes place. Now, I, I know the Bible. I know I've experienced 40 years of walking with Jesus. I know that there isn't something that just automatically happens. Put it in the microwave and ding, it's ready. I know that it isn't the case. There are times where things take while for things to line up with the Lord and then they begin to happen. But I'm here to tell you, there are also accounts in the Bible where things began to take place right away. And there was a supernatural acceleration that began to start happening. And I had to begin to say, God, I need to get out of the way so the supernatural can begin to take place. And you can accelerate maybe some things in my life that would normally take five years or not going to take five minutes or five seconds however you want to do it God you are a God of acceleration and there are some things in my life and your life that he is going to begin to accelerate are you ready for that no no I don't think you heard me I said are you ready for some acceleration to take place in your life hallelujah I'm like God just let me get out the way just let me get out the way because you know what I do I'll mess it up well God it didn't happen fast enough so let me stir in it over here (laughs) Is there anybody else like me? Don't put your hands up. Is there anybody else like me that does that? It's like, okay, I've been praying. It should be a day or two, and I'm I'm waiting. God, it didn't happen a day or two, so I'm doing it myself. God, there's a relationship here that needs to be reconciled. We need to reconcile that. God, you need to deal with her. (laughs) Right? And it's like, if you don't do it, God, you got 10 minutes. Right? It doesn't happen. I'm dealing with her. And we need to just back off and let God do it. He's got this, right? I mean, it was a prophetic word that came this morning. It was like, he's got this. So we need to be acceleration. Somebody say acceleration. Okay, let's look at some scriptures. And I wanted to give you this handout. Um, Turn that over because I've got some other examples of acceleration. Just in the book of John. In the book of John, in chapter 4, verse 31 through 35, the disciples were talking about him eating. And he was talking about, he comes back and he's like, you know, don't understand this. I want you to go back later and begin to read this. And he said, you don't understand it, but it takes four months for a higher harvest. But you look up, and I added this in there, to the spirit of acceleration, and the harvest is ripe now. We've got to be able to see some things because we may be waiting on God, and God said, no, no, now's the time. The harvest is ripe now. You've been praying and fasting and believing and declaring and decreeing and doing some things. And guess what? That harvest is ready. You just got to be able to see it. And a lot of us don't realize and understand that. That peace that you need is here now today. Oh, come on. Are you hearing me? That peace that we need to have, that encouragement that we need to have, that hope that i got to have. How many of you know that hope is here today? You can get that hope. You can operate in that hope today, and you can begin to operate in that faith today. Or maybe that faith you have in order to step out, the hope that you have brings that faith in, and that faith allows you to begin to step out into what God has for you because why? There is an acceleration time. And it may not be for everybody. It may not be for us right now. But there is a time where all of a sudden things begin to accelerate. There's things we've stood and believed God for seven years. I know we talked about selling our house and everything. And it was we, sold the, we finally got the house sold seven years later. I'm telling you, I wanted to quit after year one. <laughs> but there was an acceleration. There was a special time. And then all of a sudden, I mean, it happened like it's ready to go. Are you ready for that in your life? Are you going to be able to give him glory for that when that happens in your life? I've already heard stories about somebody wanting to get a job. And they get a job and all of a sudden they, they're, 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 they're putting in applications and nothing seems to open. And then all of a sudden an acceleration takes place. Oh, are you listening to me today? That something all of a sudden the door opens and what you thought was going to take five minutes took five seconds. And all of a sudden the door began to open because God accelerated something. Let me give you some more scriptures. John 4, verses 46 through 53. Let me take a deep breath. Jesus healed the nobleman's son before he even got there. This was this story goes on, and I, I want to encourage you guys to go back and, and reread it, because he came to him, and he, and he was like, you know, he was like, uh, I, 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 I need some, I need healing for my son, and it was like, These things began to speak forth, and he began to speak forth. And listen, he did not lay hands on him. He did not say, The man needs to go repent. I mean, there are things, all that's good. But guess what happened? There was an acceleration. Somebody, acceleration. Say, Acceleration. Come on. He believed his word. He caught his word, he believed his word, he got his word, and he said, God, you got a word on it, so that settles it. I'm here to tell you, there's some things that we've gotten in the Lord, and he's given us a word on it, and we've stood on that word, and stood on that word, stood on that word. The enemy tried to knock us off the word, and we got back on the word, we were on the word, we're standing on the word. The enemy tried to knock us off the word. And we're saying, no, God said it, so that settles it. God said it, so that settles it. Devil, can you hear me? That God said it, so that settles it. i got to line up my mind, my thoughts, my ideas, the way I look at myself, the way I look at him, and line these things up. Because when God said it, that settled it, and that's final. And I'm not getting off the word. i got a word from the Lord on it, and I'm not going to begin to move off that word. I'm going to wait for the acceleration time that God has for you. Turn to your neighbor and see he's talking about you. Come on, he is talking about you today. Okay, let me get into this. Let me, let me just preach a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more. I've been Like I said, I'm just getting fired up. I'm just adding on to my message last night all night long as I was preaching it. I just want to tell you, it was good. <laughs> it was good. Kelly, it was good. It was, it was a good one. I even was applauding myself. I was like, okay, well, this is pretty good. This is, because if, without the Holy Spirit, it doesn't matter what I say you got to be able to pick up what the Spirit of God has is, is given to you. John 5, verse 1. Remember the healing at the pool of Bethesda, remember? The guy was there, what, 38 years, and guess what happened? A spirit of acceleration kicked in. Yeah. I can't get down there. You want to get down there? I want to get down there. I want to get down there. I never get healed. Every time I go down there, somebody else squeezes me out. Oh, you ever had that? I've had that. God, I was wanting to do this, but then somebody else squeezed it out. I wanted to get in that line, but somebody else jumped in line in front of me. And, and, and we begin to look at it. 38 years, the spirit of acceleration. John 6, verse 5, verses 13. Remember, Jesus fed the 5,000. Another example of the what? Acceleration. Everybody say Acceleration. Another example of the acceleration. What did he do, man? I mean, he had, he had 5,000 men that he had to feed. They, they, theologians say this could be 15,000 because there were men and women and children that were there. And he had five loaves of bread and two fish. Oh, come on. This was, a, how's a scientist going to figure that one out? Not only did he have more than enough when he fed everybody else, he said there were 12 baskets left. He said, go back around because there's an overflow that's left here and it can be used for something else. Does anybody know what he got the 12, what what the 12 baskets were for? The disciples. How many of you know they had families? We don't really, we don't hear a whole lot about that, but they have families. I think he was like, This is what I want you to think about during this bountiful offering. Not only did Jesus feed the five, but the disciples did all the administration. They sat them down in groups of 50 and 100, and they went in and they distribute all these bread and this, this fish. Do we have anybody that likes fish? I like fish, but man, when I get a bone, I'm done. I'm done. No more fish, but I like fish. I like Arby's fish. I like filet of fish. I like fishy fish, fish. Anything that's like doesn't have a bone in it, I like it. I can eat it. I can, I can deal with it. I like fried fish, catfish, but a bone, I'm out. So think about this. So we, we, we see him beginning to feed these people, and they've done all the work. And have you ever, ever done something and say, God, what about me? What about me, God? I've been distributing all day long. I come home, and 7 o'clock at night, and Shelly said, where you been? What's been going on? I've been doing this. I've been doing that. And it's for everybody else. And I wonder sometimes, God, what about me? God, what about me? And we all get that way. We're giving away, we're giving, we're giving, we're giving. What about me? I'm here to tell you, those disciples, I believe Jesus said, six over here and six over here, guess what, boys? I want you to go get what's left. And how many of you know what's left wasn't left over? What's left was probably the best. Oh, come on, somebody. It's kind of like the wine at Canaan. See, some of you are picking this up spiritually because when he said you wait on the good wine for last, could it be a representation of the Old Testament moving into the New Testament? Could it be a representation of of Moses and now you got Jesus? See, he waited on the good stuff To give it to us last. Because why? Because we moved out of the law into God's grace. Or we moved out of the law and Moses and him being the leader into Jesus being the centrality of our life. And now all of a sudden we operate in those things and somebody said, that's the good stuff. I mean, he waited on us for the good stuff. So I don't think that those 12 baskets that were left over, they might have been another batch that Jesus made up that was fresh. They might have got them baskets together and said, Ooh, that's some fresh stuff right there, Pete. You got it, John. What about you, Bartholomew? That's some good stuff, ain't it, buddy? Where's the butter? (laughs) Give me some fish. Where's the tartar sauce? Jesus, we need some tartar sauce in here. We need some cocktail sauce. Anybody like cocktail sauce on the fish? It's like, yeah, that's what I need. That's what I need. That's what I want. I got to have that. That's what I got. That's what I got to have. We've got to be able to have that. See, because he's not going to leave you out. Oh, somebody, that's a word for somebody here today. You think maybe you might be left out, but he's not going to leave you out. He might be taking care of some other things, but I'm telling you, he sees you, he's got you, and he's going to take care of that. Somebody ought to give the Lord a mighty shout of praise right here and now for that. Amen. Okay, I'm going to have the worship team come on up because I want them to help me. John 6, 16 through 21. Jesus walked on water. I'm almost done in the next three hours. John 6, 16 through 21, Jesus walked on water. So here we begin to see where the disciples rode. They rode. They rode three and a half miles. And then they begin to look up and what? And then Jesus got in the boat. Here's something for you. Jesus got in the boat. And when he got in the boat, they automatically were at the other side. (laughs) Now, if that's not the spirit of acceleration, I don't know what is. Jesus got in the boat, and they got to the other side. Jesus got in the boat, and they got in the other side. Jesus got in the boat, and they got to the other side. Are you with me? Jesus, oh, come on. Is anybody understanding? Jesus got in the boat. And they got to the other side. Jesus got. There was a spirit of acceleration that began to happen when Jesus got in the boat. Not only when Mary got him involved and said, hey, Jesus, look, there's some whole issues behind this whole deal. But look, we got to take care of this wine for these people. These are family members. They were cousins or distant cousins. or They were family to Mary because there was a whole background I could tell you about why Mary was involved in this wedding and Jesus was involved in it. And he honored her. And he got Jesus involved in what? Turned water into wine. Can I get an amen? Turned water and into wine. And a spirit of acceleration when 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 the when when the guy was at at Bethsaida and he was wanting to get into the water. How many of you know he got Jesus involved in it? And it was like when he got involved in it, there was a spirit of acceleration. Can I get an amen? When he went to feed the five thousand, there was a spirit of acceleration that got in here. I don't know about you. I don't know how it's going to happen, but there is something that's going to take place in somebody's life. And I'm waiting for a testimony on that, that there's a spirit of acceleration where all of a sudden something that you thought was going to happen and it could take five years to go all of a sudden five minutes. It's a spirit of acceleration. Come on, let's give the Lord a mighty hand clap of praise he walked 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 on the water he got in the boat and all of a sudden supernaturally that went there so that doesn't mean that i mean there were some other reasons but in john there's another one but i want us to begin to start thinking about this so when we talked about the bountiful offering i don't want you to think you're going to be left out and last week, if you weren't here last week or didn't listen to it online and you still want to give today or you want to wait and give later, you can sure do that. I, I hope you guys got the opportunity to look at the, the letter because when we sent the letter out, we, we also put in a deal in there because I've had some people that says, Look, I just want I to I give an X amount, but I can't do that right now, but I will, I will make a commitment by faith to give $20 a month, $50 a month, $100 a month. Six hundred thousand, seven hundred thousand a month, eight hundred thousand a month. Wouldn't that be cool? That'd be cool. I told Shelly, I said, I'm, I'm gonna give a hundred thousand. She was like, faith checks. We don't can't cash them at the bank. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Years ago, it was a deal like you know, write a faith check, and you you didn't have the money in the bank. Well, they. If you're if your rent's gonna bounce now ba- your mortgage is gonna bounce look don't write the check amen But I, mean, I want you to believe god for that but you see it was funny she was like eric faith checks we can't we can't take them to the bank i said yeah i guess you're right <laughs> but that doesn't mean i don't want to do that amen. amen it was there so i want us to begin to start just worshiping the lord let's just take a few moments and begin to worship the lord and if you've come here with a bountiful offering well, I want you to get that. I want you to, to have that in your hand ready to go. And right in our bag, in my front of my bag is, is our offering. And, um, and if you haven't and you want an envelope, there's some envelopes behind there. You know what I'd like today? I'd like everybody to give. If you're here today and you don't have anything, anything to give, you don't have a dime, penny, quarter, I want you to be able to raise your hand and somebody around you will give you something. Anybody? Anybody else have something that they don't have anything to give? Anybody? Anybody? And, oh, praise Jesus. Honey, look at this. This is awesome. So even our kids are coming in because they have something to give. Because we want to get our children involved in being able to sow into eternity. If you will, let's, uh, let's bring the lights down, if you will, Richard. And I want us just to, here's what I want to do. I want us to just begin to start worshiping the Lord. And I want you to take that spirit of acceleration that we've talked about. And I want you to begin to start thinking and believe in God again for some of those things in your life. 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 Some of the things we've been believing God and saying, man, if I just had this, I would do this. And maybe he, he told me one day, the other day, I was telling Catherine this. He said, he kept saying, what do you got in your hand? What do you got in your hand? I was like, I don't have nothing in my hand. (laughs) And see, Lord, he said, that's why I like to see your hand, because I like to see it open, not where I'm always clenching on to something. So if you will, let's just stand to our feet and just worship and honor the Lord now the next few moments. And we just, I want to sing, and then I want to share with you one more scripture that I left off of this, and it's John 21, verses 1 through 6, about the fishing trip. Let's just begin to worship the Lord this morning. Thank you, Father. What's the word? having an acceleration during your fishing trip. The Bible talks a little bit about it. It says there were seven guys. I mean, they went fishing. They caught nothing. These were professional fishermen. Where's at? These are professional fishermen. They caught nothing. They caught nothing. And they caught nothing at all. And, And all of a sudden, verse three, it says they went all night and they caught nothing at all. And then Jesus shows up and he told them to cast their net on the right side of the boat. There's four or five messages in this scripture. And guess what? They pulled in the greatest boat-sinking, net-breaking load they could possibly ever bring in. I would love that to be for you guys. I would love God to begin to open up the windows and pour out a blessing that you wouldn't have room enough to contain, wouldn't enough to be able to handle. And maybe He's already done some of that. But maybe you need peace. And I'm telling you, when, when we're sowing today, it's not just about a return on finances. We're, we're talking about we need peace. We need to overcome the grief. that we've been struggling for many, many years. We need to be able to overcome the hurt and the pain that has been happening through relationships or whatever that might be in your life. Those are the things. We need to start believing again. We need to start having hope again. We need to start standing up. Come on, somebody, again. We need to be able to have faith again. We need to start dreaming again. We need to begin to stir some things in our lives. because. Jesus brought acceleration to the process. And I really believe that God wants that situation that you're operating in in order to shift gears. Amen? Somebody needs to shift some gears. And we got to get out of low and get into high. we got to come out where we were into where God wants us to be. Faith is God's deposit on the inside of us that, that, that it begins with acceleration, begins with that faith. Everybody say faith. It's faith. It's faith that begins to catch on fire. How many of you know gas is an accelerant? It's, it's hard for me to talk about stuff when it comes to, to burning and fire, but I'm here to tell you there is a fire that purifies. There's a fire that brings cleansing. There's a fire of the Holy Ghost that begins to bring out bring us into a place where God wants us to operate in, and that is that faith is an accelerant. It's an accelerant for you. It's an accelerant for your life. It's an accelerant for people that are around you. And I'm I'm telling you, some of you just got to put the pedal to the metal. Eastbound and down, rolling up and trucking. You just got to put the pedal to the metal. I'm not saying go out there and speed, all right? But I'm saying in your life and when you're pursuing God, let's begin to start that acceleration. I want to pray and then I want you, then then they're going to sing and you guys bring your offering as the Lord leads you to bring this. But let me just pray over this offering right now because I speak an accelerant to this. I speak in acceleration. I, ex- I speak right now, God, that what what you thought might have took five years to do, God can do it in five minutes. God, I thank you that you are operating now in a spirit of acceleration in our lives, and we're not going to give up. We're going to continue to walk in faith. We're going to be. We're looking for the boat sinking, net breaking load, God, that we're looking at, because you're the one that's in the boat with us, and when you're in the boat with us, things are going to be all right. What mother was really prophesying was that when God's in the boat with you, it's going to be okay. Everything's going to be okay. But I got news for you. If he's not in the boat with you, you're in trouble. <laughs> you're in trouble. That's just the way it is. So Father, right now we just we just pray for a spirit of acceleration to be upon those we've come to give today, and we're giving to impact and to be uh, uh, the the impact, the eternal right now, in Jesus' name. We speak forth a 30, 60, and a hundredfold blessing in return. Where they need peace, give them fee- peace. Where they need strength, give them strength. Where they need they, they need love, give them love. Where, where they need faith, give them faith, God. Where they need your grace and your mercy release your grace and your mercy we call the goodness of god to be upon you right now and we say god we want you involved in everything and as they give today they've come like paul said in corinthians they've come willing to give ready to give and they're giving as you've direct them to hallelujah what better thing can we ever ask that you direct them how to give and they're obedient to that right now in jesus name and everybody said amen. Let's just sing as they bring offering today. Hallelujah. Just lift your hands to the Lord this morning. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. We just looked in your word today, and your word spoke to us. That it's not over. It is not over. we got to keep walking we got to keep moving forward. We're not going to allow what the enemy tries to come against us to believe that he's going to win because he's not going to win. God, we thank you that there is victory for those of us that are in Jesus Christ. I pray for anybody in here today that, that, that doesn't know you as Lord and Savior just to say, Lord, come into my heart today. Anybody here that's that's watching us online at any time they're watching it, that doesn't know you as Lord and Savior, that they just can say, Lord, come into my heart today, that we believe in Jesus. He is the center of our lives today, and that we're shifting those things that are away into Jesus being the center. So let's center him today. Let's put him at the center of all things. Put him at the center of all things in your life. We thank you for this. We believe that right now. And we receive that right now in Jesus' name. Come on, let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise today. We bless you, God, today. We speak blessings over you guys today. Go forth in his power and his might. We love you. We will see you next week. Come and join us. Wednesday night we have prayer 630. Come and join us. God bless you.